Welcome to Second Chance Church with Pastor Derek Aldridge. live service. Let's open up by giving the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Wherever you are, just give him a hand clap of praise because he definitely is uh, gracious and an awesome God. We thank you for coming in on our live stream service. We ask that you would share with somebody this morning so they might be a part of the service. We thank God for all of our church family and all of you that come in each and every Sunday, we don't take it for granted that you come and worship with us on our Sunday mornings. We thank God for those in our congregation this morning that are here and uh, our musicians and Sister Lana. We just come to worship the Lord. Uh, first, I want to have a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your mercy and grace. We thank you for the reason for the season. We thank you for everything that you do for us day to day. We thank you for all of our partners. We ask you to be with all of the first responders, all of the doctors, all of the people that work in grocery stores, or whoever we come in contact with each and every day. We ask you to cover them and bless them today. We ask you to continue to be with Larry Royster today and continue to be with Linda Ralston and others that are not feeling well today. Just continue to, we can ask you, we lift them up to you today, Lord. And we ask you to bless this service as we go forward. In the blessed name of Jesus, we thank you and we give you all the praise. Amen. So I want to make a couple of announcements this morning. We want to thank God for those of you again. We've still been passing out food uh, uh, to those in need. And uh, we thank God for uh, Mike and Lynn from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and all of the coats and everything that we have to pass out now in our community. And uh, it's just a blessing to us to have partnered with them. We thank God for uh, Reverend Hawkins from Prince of Peace and the Nation of Islam and for uh, Juanita and her, her women and for Sister Charlene and our church family and everything that God is allowing us to do even in this season. We were there with the National Baseball Association on Friday and passed out baseball equipment and food for kids over at uh, Broom Center. And so we're just excited about the goodness of God. And then I just need to say thank you to Sheriff Swanson and the Genesee County Sheriff's Department yesterday about four o'clock in the evening, um, a sheriff's car with lights on pulled up in my driveway and there was people that got out the car and Miss Lana said, I'm, I'm going to the back because I'm going to be embarrassed when they take you out in handcuffs. <laughs> 
But they came and they brought me a box of just goodies and said, we brought it because we love you. And so today I want to let you know I love you just as much to the whole Genesee County Sheriff's Department. And I thank God for your gift and your show of love. God is an awesome God. Amen. So we will be back out there next Friday. God bless you. We will be out there next Friday. Um, at uh, 9 a.m. in the morning with another food and coke giveaway out there on Beecher Road, right down by, on Coldwater Road, right down the street by the Russ Reynolds Football Stadium. So come on out and get whatever you need, or, or if you have time, come on out and help us to pass out things in this season. Um, so as we move on and praise service, we want you to adore the Lord this morning, that you lift up your spirits and adore him. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you need to have adoration for God and everything he's done for you.
is worthy. Come, let us adore him. Right. to Psalms 27 today. Psalms 27. Give me a second here. salvation, whom shall I fear? So today we're going to jump down to verse 4. I need to finish hearing what that's saying. Psalms 27 verse 4. Father God, we thank you for your word. We ask that your word will go forth with power, with clarity, so that some soul might be lifted, some soul might be saved, and that you get your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Psalm 27 says, one thing I asked of the Lord, verse 4, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. So I want to talk just for a few minutes about I need to be close to him. I, I need to be close to him. It's so important for us to understand that, God, that God's desire for us is to have an intimate relationship with him. And this is what David lifts up in verse 4. It's David's desire to have a closer, intimate relationship with God. And I know that's, that this word is confirmation for some of you that have been praying about getting closer to God. And now we're learning that we can still worship and be close to God at anywhere, at any time. That coming to church is not the only way you can worship and have an intimate relationship with God. Because for a lot of us, coming to church was just something that we did. Because most of the time, most of us did not come to church voluntarily. Most of us came involuntarily. Because let's be honest about it. If the tragedy had not happened, if the storm had not come, if the failures or the letdowns had not happened, if somebody had not abused you, you would never know God like you know him now. Sometimes God might even give you a season of unemployment. You might lose a loved one. You might end up with health problems. So that God can get your attention and say to you, now you can spend more time with me. Because I've removed all the distractions away. And then after God removes those things that distracts you from him, then you will begin to evaluate your relationship and say, Lord, I miss you. Or, Lord, I want to get to know you. For those of, of you that know him, I'm sure that some of you 
that might have stepped away from God are going through a rough season and have said, Lord, I missed the time that we had together. Forgive me for being so busy doing nothing, caught up in my own agenda. There are many of you that have been through too much to continue to go through the motions. Now that the, now that the only thing you can do is try and stay alive, you don't have time to play games or worry about being in some clique or some group. That, that, that's what David's talking about in this 27th Psalm. And in and, and, and verse four, David talks about, in the first four verses, David talks about his frenemies. You remember we used that word last week, frenemies, and evil people attacking him. But even though there is an all-out assault on his life, David says, while war is breaking out against me, he says, I'm still confident. Then David makes this shift, and that's where I want to begin today's teaching. Because it's essential that in every relationship that we have our priorities right. In other words, out of all the things competing for your attention and for your affection, David said there's nothing that should be more important than making God your first priority. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In the NIV version where I'm reading from today, in Psalms 27, verses 4, David says, one thing I ask of the Lord, he says, this is what I seek. The King James Version says, one thing I desire. That word desire is a Hebrew word, means to inquire. It means to ask God for a favor. It's important to understand what desire is. Google says the definition of desire is a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wanting something to happen. So that means I desire something. I want to possess something. But let me take it to another dimension. It's when you're no longer satisfied with how your life is going that you'll desire more. Whenever you become acclimated to environments that are beneath the potential that God has for your life, then you make what is abnormal in your life become normal to you. So you don't think there's nothing wrong with you. It's only until you recognize that these type of environments keep you empty that you realize that God has something better for your life. You know, you'll spend the rest of your life in messed up situations until the light comes on, until you have a moment of clarity, until you have that aha moment that lets you know that you don't need a puff, you don't need a drink, it lets you know that you need more than the person laying in the bed that sleep this morning with no job while you're listening to the word of God. You come to the point that I need something greater in my life. And it's only when you get to this point that you recognize that your life is empty, that then, that then you will reach out to God and say, God, I need you in my life. I need you to be for me what I can't be for myself. The reason this is important because there are a lot of people that have money but they're still empty. There are a lot of people with degrees, but they're still empty. There are a lot of people going through life with all of the fancy bells and whistles, but they have no satisfaction because they're empty. But David says that one thing that I ask of the Lord, this is what I see. David says, I've made up my mind that I'm going to seek after him. That means I'm I'm looking for God. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking for something, 
Your seeking becomes more intensified based on the value of the thing that you're seeking after. If it's real important to you, you, you'll call out for an amber alert. Because if you place value on that which you are looking for, then you will devalue things that used to be important to you. If you lose something valuable, you will tear stuff up looking for what you're after. If you, and you will tear your couch up. You pull the pillows off your couch. You pull stuff out of your closet. You will backtrack your steps. And somebody asks you, what are you looking for? And if it doesn't mean anything to them, then it's not going to take any importance in their life. But what's valuable to me is always valuable to me. And that's why I'll spend time searching for it. So what happens is when you realize that you've been missing God in your life and you start seeking God, you'll begin to rearrange the furniture of your relationships. You'll say, I used to kick it with you, but I can't do that anymore because I'm seeking God now. I used, I used to have time to play games, but game time is over. I'm seeking God now. I'm in pursuit of God. Not only am I seeking him, but I'm willing to move anything that's in my way that prevents me from finding what I'm looking for. So if I'm seeking God, then I must be willing to sacrifice. I got to get some stuff out of the way. Then once I get where God wants me to be in him, once I get planted and rooted in the church or on the live stream or wherever God wants me to be, then I'll come to the conclusion I'll let nothing separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Doesn't matter if people don't like you. Doesn't matter if they roll their eyes at you. You declare I'm steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because it doesn't matter what comes. You can say, devil, I, I know your plans. And trying to move me away from the source of my strength and the strength of my life. I want you to tell yourself this morning, that nothing nor nobody will separate me from the love of God. Nothing or nobody. David says, this is what I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Well, what this means is I must learn how to take residence in the presence of God. Remember, whatever you need, God has it. That's why you have to be careful when the enemy has you running here and running there looking for something. Because what you're looking for, you already have in God. So what David says is that I seek to dwell in the house of the Lord. Now this has two different meanings. The first meaning is that, is that David wants to reside in the tabernacle. David begins to long for the work of the Lord. David says, let me keep this real. David says, I miss church. I love being in the temple. And for you to love church, you got to love God. If you don't really love God, church is going to be a strain on you. It's going to be a religious requirement. But when you fall in love with God, you'll find the power of going to church. The early church broke bread and fellowship with each other in homes. That, that was church for them then. But the reality is there are a lot of people that struggle with coming to church on a regular basis when church were open because they really didn't understand what church did for them. So I'm going to give you seven reasons why when this pandemic is over that you ought to come back to somebody's church 
or you need to start coming or going to church wherever you might be today. And if you have no problems with coming to church, if you have no problems with your love for God, this might this word might be for your boo or your cousin who wasn't coming to church before God turned church out. So if they're not on this stream today, you can share it with them later on. Number one, why do we come to church? We come to church because it's an act of obedience. Hebrews 10 and 25 says, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So we're supposed to come to church to exhort to or encourage one another to remind each other that Jesus is coming back one day. In Exodus 20 and 8, it says that we should remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So I come to church out of obedience to God's command. The second thing I do is I come to church because it is an expression of my love for God. Some of you that are in love right now, you don't mind going over your booze house. Matter of fact, some of you stayed over your booze house all day and all night and you still not tired. And when, and when churches were having service, some of you would not sit still for an hour and a half. You'd get bored and start playing games on your phone 30 minutes after you got to church. Ask yourself, can you stay connected for an hour during worship? Number three, Psalms 22 and 22 says, I will declare your name to my brothers in the congregation. I will praise you there. The psalmist says, I come to church to praise God's name in front of my brothers and sisters because I want everybody to know how much I love God. I want people to know how good God's been to me. When I show up, I want people to see that God is blessing me. I could have been dead, but look at me. I still got life. I still got portion of my right mind. I, I, I still got health and strength. I'm going to praise you in the, I'm going to praise you God in the midst of the congregation. Number four, I come to church because it builds my, my spiritual strength up. Sometimes I'm weak. Yeah. Don't know whether I'm going to make it. But God sends me a word through the man and woman of God. You remember Romans 10 and 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Sometimes when I come to church and I, I've caught hell all week and I'm feeling defeated, but when I get a word, I leave church feeling like, oh, shucky ducky, bring it on, devil. Now you mess with the wrong somebody because my faith is built back up. Yes. Number four, it brings a special visitation of the Lord's presence. Yeah. When I come to church, there are things that happen in church when we the saints gather together. Man, when we praise God corporately, Psalms 22 and 3 says, But you are holy, O Lord, and you inhabit the praises of Israel. When we praise God, he raises up off his throne. When we praise God, we get God's attention. Matthew says, when two or three are gathered together in his name, that's where God's going to be in the midst of. Number five, then it provides fellowship with Christians. Stop acting like you can do things all by yourself. You, you act like you got your own little silo, your own little altar, your own little Bible. I just study by myself and I'm fine. I don't need nobody else. I'm so sick of church and church folks that, that I'll just stay at home as if there's nothing wrong with you. But let me remind you, if you find the perfect church, please don't join it because you're going to mess it up. 
You sit at home all by yourself like you don't need fellowship. We all need Konania. We all need fellowship. We need God's people to tell you the way that God brought me through is the same way he'll bring you through. We need somebody to encourage us. That's why we come to church, to get encouragement from one, from one another, to see somebody that was almost dead, to sit in church alive and well. Now, that's why we come to church, to see the miracles that God's performed. Bible said in Psalms 133, Behold, and how beautiful and how pleasant for us to dwell together in unity. First yeah. John 1 and 7 declares that we walk in light because he is light, and we have fellowship with one another. Yeah. Then number six, it provides accountability to spiritual leadership. We all need somebody looking out for us. Somebody who really cares about us. I want you to encourage you. We need shepherds to watch over us because we're all sheep. As a pastor, as a shepherd, I can scan the congregation on Sunday mornings and I can look out at you. And, and don't get it twisted. I'm not looking at you like you think I'm looking at you. Uh, I, I'm looking at you just to see if you're doing all right. I can see that in the spirit. A lot of you don't think that your pastor does not know when you miss church. But a real shepherd misses his sheep even on live stream. Miss, miss a Sunday and you run into your pastor all somewhere. He's going to let you know that he missed you last Sunday. You know why? But he, because he or she is connected to you. I may not know your name. May not know your whole family. But my heart is for people. And I pray for you. And when you have pains, I carry your pains. When you lose a loved one, I lose a loved one. Because I love you. That's why Hebrews 13 and 7 says, Obey them that have rule over you because they watch over your soul. You need somebody to hold you accountable. To ask you where you've been lately. To tell you when your actions are not lining up with his word. Then the seventh thing is... It combines our spiritual strength when we come together and pray together. Matthew 18 and 9 says, If two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done by my Father in heaven. See, you have to connect with somebody that has enough faith to believe God for your breakthrough. Somebody will say, I pray in agreement with you. I mean, I know what you're going through. But if you put your hand on mine, we can agree for healing. We can agree for deliverance. We can agree, agree for whatever your breakthrough might be today. See, we have to learn how to celebrate one another than always be knocking each other down. When we come together, we get the devil nervous. So David says, I love coming to church. I desire to be in the house of the Lord. But the other meaning is that I miss being in communion with God. So many of us have so many different emotions and we fall into depression and low self-esteem and bitterness and resentment. All we want is a one-night stand with God. And God's not looking for one-night one stands. God wants continual intimacy with you. He wants a relationship with you and I. So the question is, where are you in your relationship with God now? What kind of church attendee are you? What kind of worshiper are you? Are you supporting your ministry while we're in this unusual situation? Are you taking care of your pastor? Are you praying for your pastor? Are you making sure your pastor okay? Or are you just a coerced member? Coerce, coercion means I'm, 
I'm only here because I feel like I'm made to come. See, that's how most of us grew up as kids. I grew up in church and we as kids had a drug problem. Our parents drug us to church. We didn't have a choice. Because everybody in my house was going to church. Because my daddy said, our house, we're going to serve the Lord. What are you doing to make sure your children's getting a steady diet of God's word right now? We have to be creative in this season to make sure we're getting fed the word of God. The only way that you can please God is to come to the place of commitment. It has to get to the point that it just becomes a natural part of you, where it just becomes a natural part of me. I don't want to be where nobody has to coerce me. I don't want to go because of some consequences. I just want to be there. I want to have, I want to, have to be there because I can't make it without the Lord. I don't know what I would do if I couldn't get a word from God. I don't know what I would do if I could not be under the presence and the power of God's corporate anointing. David says, one thing that I ask, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. And I have to dwell on my phone or on live stream in this season. I'm going to dwell. One thing, when God invites us back in, I'm not going to care whether it's raining or whether it's snowing. My gas can't tank going to be on me, but I'm still going to get up and pray my way to the house of God. Because one thing I see, I can have hell going on in my house. And everybody telling me that I should not be going to church. But when God opened up these doors, I'm going to press my way back because there's one thing I see. I can be unemployed and do not know when or if they're going to ever hire me again. And everybody wants me to turn my back on God. But I'm going to still get up and I'm going to come wearing my baggy suit, wearing the same outfit. I'll just change my accessories because one thing I see. When I think about the fact that he got us spoiled us with vans and cars. And we wouldn't even talk, drive across town, talking about it's too far. Because God spoiled us. See, all of us need to get to the point where we say, one thing I see. I want you later on to text somebody and tell them, I can't wait till the church doors open back up. Because there's one thing I see. I need God's word. I need the fellowship of the saints. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I see, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. So what are you going to do, David? He says, I'm going to behold or gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Remember this. The more distant you, that you are from God, the more cloudy your perspective. The more intimate that you get with God, the clearer you'll be able to see him. David says, I want to be able to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. David says, when I'm able to gaze upon his beauty, I can see his power. He says, I see how awesome God really is. I see his power. I see his providence. God is always moving in my life. Just when I thought I was far away from him, the devil had me thinking that God had turned his back on me. But when I got close to God, I realized that God was up to something in my life. That God was moving in the affairs of my life. Just when I thought God did not have power, I got close enough to see it. There was a time that I was hearing others' testimony, but now I'm able to see him for 
for myself. I see that God has the power to change things in my favor. Every curse the devil tried to send my way. God bless me. God will employ the unemployed. He will heal the sick. He will deliver the downtrodden. Does anybody know that God has power? God has power. I just want you to know that every time somebody looks at you, they see God's power. Where I used to be and where I am now is because of God's power. When I'm in an intimate relationship with God, I can really see and understand how God takes care of his children. So when time out is over, when we come out of this social distancing, I will seek him in his temple. And when I'm in the temple of God, while I'm worshiping him, I can't help but see him sitting on his throne. You can't do anything but imagine the resurrected and ascended Christ who was crucified but sitting at the right hand of the Father remember, reminding us to be of good cheer because I've already overcome this world. So as a result of whatever you're going through, if you're worshiping God, you see Christ at the right hand of the Father. It's a reminder that your destiny has already been set. Because if Christ died for you and I and rose again, what you're going through is just a temporary inconvenience. The battle's already won. You already have the victory. Let me see if I can make sense. Let me wrap this up. If you've been watching the news, now remember Psalms 27 really is a psalm about fear. And David names all of these bullies in the first four verses that were messing with him. But he said, I still got confidence. And if you've been watching the news, there seems to be a whole lot of bullies All right. in this season. Yeah. And as I was riding down in my old neighborhood where I grew up, I remembered some bullies that used to live on the street that I, I lived on. And the thing about this particular bully is there was a whole family of them. They were like little terrorists because they would terrorize the whole neighborhood. When you got in a fight with one of them, you would have to fight all of them. And there was about nine and ten of them. And even though I was in junior high school, the ones in high school would show up to help their little brothers and sisters fight. They, they, they were, I called them terrorists. I know their names, but I'm not going to call their names because they still might be out there now. So I just call them t t t terrorists. So, so one day, you know, I, I wasn't a kid that really mind my own business. <laughs> I was always in somebody else's business. So one day I fooled around and messed with one of, the, one, of, one of my neighbors in the lunch line. And they told me, I'll see you after school. And, and they told me again before we got out the lunch line. They promised me in front of everybody they were going to see me after school. So, so I tried to negotiate because... We only had one way to get back home to my house, and we both lived on the same block in the same street. And so I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get out of this. But I got some friends, they're gassing me, they're geeking me up. Man, don't take that from them. Come on, man. Somebody needs to stand up to them. They're always messing with somebody. So they're geeking me up. So I'm walking home, and I get right in front of my house with my friends. And here comes the terrorists. Hey, preacher's boy, what's up? So I'm standing there in my front yard, and 
My friend standing across the street talking about, yeah, you got this. And you know, I found our big families moved like a pack of hyenas. They come in packs. So, so, so while we're talking back and forth, here comes three more, here comes four more. And before you know it, all nine of them are standing in front of my house. And my friends are across the street. Remember where they are. They're across the street, steadily trying to geek me up. So I fell for the okey-doke, and I, I started swelling up, talking about, yeah, I'm tired of this mess. Come on, first one of you crossed the line. You know, you remember how we draw a line in the sand? First one of you crossed the line, and I'm just swelling up, nine of them and one of me. And my friend geeking me up, but I learned in life, just because somebody says they got your back, don't mean they got your back. But, but I'm like, come on, come on, come on. I'm putting on this real good front. And to my amazement, I see them start backing up. So I really start talking smack then. Yeah, you better run. You better not cross that line. And the next thing I know, my daddy tapped me on my shoulder and said, son, come on in the house. So God told me to tell somebody today that you can go ahead and swell up. You can tell COVID, you better run. You can tell depression, you better run. You can go on and tell the devil, he'd better run because your daddy has your back. Tell somebody this afternoon, that's why I'm not letting go. That's why I miss the temple because my daddy's got my back. And when he lets me come back to the temple, when he lets me get back home, I will come back and act like I got some sense and give him all the praise. Is there anybody that misses the house of the Lord today? Anybody miss praising God today? Has he been good for you? Did he wake you up this morning? Does he have your back? It's all right. It's all right. One thing. Yeah. I can't wait to get all of us back in the temple of God. Yeah. Devil, you better run. Because my daddy yeah. got my back. There might be somebody out there today that doesn't know this God that I'm talking about. This God that David had confidence in. God, God is, he's an amazing, yeah. he's an amazing God. And he can do anything but fail. So right now, if you don't know him, this is an opportunity for you to give your life to him. Romans 10 and 9 says that if I confess with my mouth and believe the Lord Jesus Christ and that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Don't miss your moment this morning. Don't miss it. Don't miss your moment. You can call us on our church phone number. You'll see it on our Facebook page. You can text, you can get on our live stream and make a comment. We'll reach out to you. You just want to join us and you're in a different city. You can still join us. If you backslid and, and not be thanking God for him taking you through this season, now is the day you can say, Lord, I repent and I confess my sins. You ought to bless his name today. You ought to praise him. We ought to pray corporately that he removes this pandemic and he opens the doors of the church again. Anybody miss worshiping together?
family, I want you to know, for all of you out there, we miss you, we miss you so much. I want you to do a couple of things. I want you to stay safe. I want to tell you a story of a family that I know that had Thanksgiving dinner together. And six of them ended up with the virus. Just encouraging you. Be careful and be prayerful in this season about what you do. You can wait to party. You can wait to eat together another day. But if you do it now, when everybody's saying don't do it now, it can cost you. God bless you. Remember what we say, the four W's, wash your hands, watch your distance, wear your mask, and worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you soon. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Second Chance Church, The Praise Factory.